Well, this morning we're continuing in our message series, which have been titled Faith Heroes. And in this series, we're looking at, at Bible stories of ordinary people who follow God and they accomplished extraordinary things. And these are not just stories for story's sake. They were placed in the Bible so that we can learn from these stories about people's lives. We can be encouraged by what God has done in their lives and God's faithfulness to them. Now today we're going to talk about a message I've called God's leader. And so let's talk about leadership a bit. I believe that God has called each one of us to be a leader for him. In fact, I think every person is a leader to one degree or another. People are either leading others closer to God or they're taking other people further away from God. Each of us is a leader or influencer. Some people obviously lead more people than others, but everyone has an influence on the people around them. And so our goal in life as believers should be to lead as many people as possible to faith in Jesus Christ. Daniel 12, verse 3, and I'd encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has these outlined and the verses written out as well as on the monitors. Daniel 12, verse 3 says, Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And so these verses in Daniel are speaking of eternity. They're speaking of eternal rewards. And they're saying those who are wise in this life make a decision to lead people to know God, to lead people to know God through Jesus Christ. And so this is not a priority just for pastors. It's not just a priority for evangelists. It's a priority for each in every believer. Now, how does somebody lead somebody else? How can we be leaders? Well, we lead in two main ways. First of all, through our words, the things we say. And secondly, through our actions, our lifestyle, the things that we do. And of course, to be the best leader, those two must be congruent, right? What we say must match up with what we do. What we do must match up with what we say. We teach with our words. We give an example with our actions. Hebrews 5 verse 12, writing to believers, the writer says, in fact, by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. And so this verse was written to believers who had not grown as leaders who taught others about God. In fact, it's basically saying they hadn't learned themselves, so how could they teach others? And so God wants us to learn about himself and in turn to teach others about him. And this is true of each and every one. And so today we're going to learn about how God can prepare us to be leaders for him. We're going to continue the story of Joseph that we began last Sunday. And so last Sunday, we talked about how God gave Joseph a dream of being a leader. In fact, of his family bowing down to him. But his brothers didn't take too kindly to Joseph's dreams, and so they hated him, and ultimately they sold him into slavery. Slave traders took him uh, to Egypt. Now, would those negative circumstances in Joseph's life, would they destroy him? Would they cause his dreams to fail, the dreams that God had given him, or would they make him stronger? You know, sometimes it can be hard for us to imagine that good will come about the difficulties 
that God allows to come into our lives. Trying times can lead to stress in our relationships, problems in our finances, can deal with our emotions. We can become discouraged. We can worry about the future. Sometimes we can even doubt the goodness of God. We can ask questions, why is this happening to me? And yet there is a way to persevere in difficulty. There is a way, with God's help, to become a stronger person. Difficulty in our lives does not have to defeat us as we believe that God is in control and directing the lives of his children even in the hard times. God wants us to learn to see his hand of love whether things are going great or things aren't going so well. We need to believe he's working out everything for our own good and for his glory. And so the lows in life, the difficult times in life, can prepare us to be leaders for God. And we're going to see how that plays out in the life of Joseph, using difficult times that he went through to prepare him to be a leader. So let's look at the making of a leader. Our story begins in Genesis chapter 39. It says, Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian, had bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. And so Joseph had been hated by his brothers. They threatened to kill him. They finally sold him into slavery with these Ishmaelites. The slave traders took him to Egypt, sold him to the captain of the Pharaoh's guard, whose name was Potiphar. Now, the very first thing that the Scripture tells us because we might have wondered, was God still with Joseph? I mean, these weren't good things, apparently, that were happening to him. But the very first thing it says is the Lord was with him. God was with him even after he was sold as a slave to Egypt. God had not abandoned Joseph. God's dream for Joseph's life was not over. And as we read the entire chapter, we see that Joseph served God in his new role as a slave. And as he did, God blessed Joseph. And as he blessed Joseph, he blessed the entire household of his master, Potiphar. And so things had been very low. His brothers hated him, wanted to kill him, sold him into slavery. And now things were going better. He was in a foreign country. No relatives, no friends, but God was blessing him. There come time for the next lesson that Joseph had to learn to resist temptation. And so Joseph was serving Potiphar, and he was living in his household, and Potiphar's wife took a liking to Joseph, and she began to seek to seduce him. Joseph was far away from his family. Undoubtedly, no one have, would have known what had happened, and yet Joseph resisted her advances day after day. He told her, I can't sin against God. I can't betray the confidence my master has put in me. But one day, in Genesis 39, verse 11, when he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house were there in the house, she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. Well, there was no more time for talk. Uh, he wanted to resist temptation, and so he ran from temptation. He didn't talk. He didn't bargain. Undoubtedly, this was the captain of the guard of 
of Egypt, one of the world powers at the time. Do you imagine his wife was a beautiful woman? Probably, probably very beautiful. No one would have known except the two of them. In fact, as we'll see, the downside of resisting temptation was pretty great. And it turned out to have very negative consequences, but Joseph desired to please God, to do what was right in God's eyes. Even though he was far from his family, even though, as far as we know, there were no other believers anywhere in his life that he could talk to, he still was faithful to God. And so he fled from temptation. But he had to learn to persevere in trials. Potiphar's wife was furious at Joseph for spurning him, spurning her. And she immediately began to spread this story that Joseph had tried to rape her. Okay, this is a sexual harassment 2,000 years ago. The story is being, a false story is being spread. She told her husband, as soon as his master, as soon as his master heard the words, Joseph's master, that his wife spoke to him, this is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled, and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison. And so by resisting temptation, by not giving in to Potiphar's wife, Joseph was falsely accused. The false accusations were believed, and he was unjustly punished. He was unjustly put into prison. So think of the turn of events in Joseph's life just in this short period of time. Hated by his brothers, sold into slavery, rising to manage the entire household of, of Potiphar's, uh, the captain of the guard, and suddenly it all came crashing down, unjust accusation, and now he was put into prison through no fault of his own. But it was all part of God's process of making Joseph a leader for him. Let's think about our own lives. God is at work in your life. He's work in my life. He's preparing us to be leaders for him, to influence other people for God. And God's preparation of us always involves trials and temptations. Those trials and temptations can either destroy us or they can make us stronger depending on how we respond. Now, what are the trials and temptations that face us today? Many of us face Temptations and trials in the workplace. Oftentimes our boss or other believers, other co-workers around us are not believers. You may face temptations with improper relationships in the workplace. Or you may be tempted to say or to do things that you know are not pleasing to God. Or are not right or not fair or are not, are not honest. And how should you respond Sometimes we're tempted to compromise to keep our job or position. Or should we choose to obey God and trust Him with the consequences? For some of us, you may work at home or you may be retired. And so you don't have a boss that you directly report to. But as a believer, you do have a boss. He's in heaven. Uh, he's, he's the Lord of all. And are you using your time wisely to serve him? God uses our work to battle test us so that our faith will grow stronger. It's his way of making you a leader for him. 
Now let's look a little more closely at the faith of a leader. See what happened to Joseph in prison. And the keeper of prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. So let's think back a minute. God was with Joseph as a 17-year-old boy, and he gave him dreams of what his future would be as a leader. When Joseph was in Potiphar's house as a slave, God was with him and gave him success there. Now Joseph had been unjustly accused. He'd been put into prison, but the Lord was still with him, even in prison. God was blessing him there and... What was he doing in prison? Was he moping and groaning and languishing? He was now a leader in prison, leading all of the prisoners. God was giving him success there. And so whatever happened to Joseph, he trusted God and he walked in God's blessing. Now, was God's blessing automatic? Did it, was it going to happen to Joseph no matter what he did? And I think the obvious answer is, is no. What did Joseph do that showed his faith in God? Well, he served God wherever he went. Whatever situation he found himself in, I'm sure Joseph had not planned on going to prison. It just happened as he followed God. But wherever he was, he served God by serving others. Now, while Joseph was in prison, and we don't have time to go over all the details of the story. You can read them on your own. I'll give you the chapters at, towards the end. It's 39 through 41, so we're skipping over an entire chapter here. But God began to move again in Joseph's life in supernatural ways in, in, in prison. While Joseph was in prison, he showed kindness to two fellow prisoners who were distressed by some dreams that they had. And so they talked to Joseph, and Joseph interpreted their dreams for them. And so he showed kindness, not only by serving the warden of the prison, but by helping his fellow prisoners. When one of the prisoners was released, he's promised to help Joseph get out of prison. But he forgot about Joseph. Never crossed his mind after he got out. Joseph spent two long years in prison. And then one day, Pharaoh, the leader of all of Egypt, had some dreams. It says, so in the morning, his spirit, Pharaoh's spirit, the leader of Egypt, was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. So all the wise men of the land couldn't figure out what Pharaoh's dreams meant. They wouldn't interpret them for him. And then Pharaoh's cupbearer heard about this dilemma with Pharaoh having dreams and not knowing what they meant. And he finally remembered Joseph. He remembered that Joseph had interpreted a dream for him. And the dream had, or the interpretation had come to pass. And so he told Pharaoh... A young Hebrew was there with us in prison, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him, 
He interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation to each man according to his dream. And so this seemed like an inconsequential thing in prison. Fellow prisoners having dreams. Joseph sought God, gave them an interpretation of their dreams. The cupbearer, who was close to Pharaoh, had promised to get him out of prison, but had forgotten. And now God was going to use that. That kindness of Joseph to his fellow prisoners to have another opportunity. And Joseph was going to trust in God's power one more time. And so Pharaoh called up Joseph from prison. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it's not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. And so Pharaoh told Joseph his two dreams. The dreams that no one else could interpret. Joseph had a great faith in God that God would give him the correct interpretation. In fact, the Pharaoh held Joseph's life in his hands. I mean, at that point, the Pharaoh could have sent him back to prison. He could have taken his life. An unfavorable answer, even if a correct interpretation could have infuriated the Pharaoh. And yet God had prepared Joseph through all of the trials, through all the difficulties, through interpret other people's dreams, and now he trusted in God's supernatural power. You see, the Pharaoh thought the power was in Joseph, but Joseph clearly said, it's not in me, but God will give Pharaoh the interpretation. And so God had prepared Joseph for this challenge, and his faith was strong. And so in the same way, God takes us through difficult, trying circumstances in our life. Sometimes unjust things happen to us to make us stronger, to build our faith as leaders. Again, speaking of work, perhaps there's times at work where you may have been falsely accused or overlooked for a promotion, right? Has that ever happened to anybody? <clears throat> You think you deserve the promotion, and somebody else who you know is not as good as you gets promoted. It's unjust, you know, and you, you get mad about it. Or maybe you have trials in relationships. Perhaps a relationship has fractured, and you feel it was not your fault at all. It was the other person's fault, or at least we always assume the other person's fault is greater than ours, even if we have a little bit of fault in it. Could be with a family member, it could be a relative, could be a friend, and perhaps there's no way to repair it. We're tempted to complain, we're tempted to get discouraged, we're even tempted to blame God. Say, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? And yet everything that we go through is not necessarily caused by God. And that's an important distinction to make. But it's allowed by God. It's part of God's plan that he allowed to come into our lives. It's an opportunity to trust God and to believe that his plan will be carried out. That God is still with us. That God hasn't abandoned us. And so even in difficult times when we're going through it, as we serve God by serving other people, 
He brings his blessing into our lives. He gives us success. Oftentimes, God desires for our faith to grow, to believe him for supernatural things, to believe him for answers to prayers. That could only happen through God's intervention. And as we do, he prepares us for the next stage of our lives. For the next stage of our lives, we'll, take our, we'll need our faith to grow, to believe him for bigger things, to help us to grow as leaders for God. And finally, we're going to see today that Joseph's dreams as a teen, at the age of 17, begin to come true as God promotes him as a leader. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. And so Joseph, through God's revelation, told Pharaoh the interpretation of his dreams, what these two dreams meant. And the dreams predicted in a nutshell that there would be seven years of famine in Egypt, followed by, I mean, sorry, got it backwards, seven years of plenty in Egypt, followed by seven years of famine. Not only had God given Joseph the true interpretation, but he worked in Pharaoh's heart to believe what Joseph said. And that was a miracle too. I mean, do you think the Pharaoh liked somebody telling him there would be seven years of famine, that his, his country wouldn't have enough to eat? No, but he believed that it was true, that it was from God. And not only had God given Joseph the interpretation of the dreams, his two dreams, which meant the same thing. He also allowed Joseph to receive God-given wisdom because the interpretation simply talked about what was going to happen. It didn't talk about what Pharaoh should do about it. And so God gave Joseph wisdom as well, verse 33. And so Joseph talks to Pharaoh and says, Now therefore let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And so this was God-given wisdom of what to do about these seven years of, famine, seven years of plenty followed by seven years of famine. Pharaoh needed to appoint a leader to oversee preparation for this coming famine seven years in the future. Now, did Joseph know that he was the discerning and wise man that was needed? I think he did. I think he knew God had prepared him for such a time. Now, he didn't say, pick me, but he set the stage for it. I believe that he knew he was on the cusp of having... God's dreams for his life fulfilled. And so God gave him the wisdom to understand how to store food for seven years and then use that food and disperse it in the seven years of, of famine. And Joseph trusted God that he would move on Pharaoh's heart, who was a pagan, who was not a believer in God, and bring about his purposes. And so God had given Joseph the dream's interpretation, wisdom how to deal with the future, and now God promoted Joseph as a leader to carry out God's plan. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards to the throne will I be greater than you. 
an amazing turn of events. It had taken a 17-year-old shepherd boy to a slave in Egypt to a prison and now to be second in command of all of Egypt. He was now the leader that his dreams had prophesied he would be. It says in verse 46, he was now 30 years old. 13 years had passed when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. And so it had taken 13 trying years of difficult circumstances for Joseph to be prepared to be the leader that God wanted him to be. But as we look back at the difficult circumstances, we see that each one was necessary. Each one had prepared him for this massive responsibility of leading an entire nation in a very difficult time. Joseph had learned faith in God's wisdom, faith in God's supernatural power. He'd learned to manage households. He'd learned to manage prisons. He'd grown strong in resisting temptation. It's hard to imagine all the temptations that Joseph suffered. There were no other believers around. This was a pagan, godless society indulging in all kinds of sin and wickedness. But he was strong in resisting temptation and he believed in God's dream for his life. He held on to that dream that he had at 17. And he believed eventually he'd be reunited with his family. That's not part of our story today, but it is part of the story in the book of Genesis. God had promoted him to be this leader in a pagan nation. And so we can learn from Joseph's life how God has a plan for each stage of our lives. He wants us to grow as leaders for him, to grow in faith, to grow in responsibility in serving God. And to grow in the next stage of your life, God will require you to do new things that you never have done before. Maybe the next stage for you involves a new position at work or a new ministry in the church, or moving into a supernatural gifting that God has for your life. God wants to promote you as a leader to make a difference for eternity. He wants you to influence other people for Him. And so God puts each of us through a process to make us leaders. And at times the process can be painful. It involves trials that we have to go through. It involves resisting temptation. But whatever you're going through this morning, know that God is with you. God has not abandoned you. And as you follow him, he will give you success. And so let your faith grow strong. In the midst of trials and temptations, serve God by serving others. He will give you the wisdom. He will give you the power to carry out his plan. And our promotion as leaders, as influencers of others, does not come from man. It comes from God himself. Now, he uses men, but God was the one who promoted Joseph as a leader using Pharaoh. Wherever God has placed you in life, he will give, the, give you the wisdom to carry out his purpose. Now, Joseph was a leader in a pagan nation with no other believers around as far as we know. And so God calls us to be leaders, both of believers and unbelievers. You can be a leader in an unbelieving workplace. You can be a leader to unbelievers in your neighborhood or unbelieving relatives to lead them closer to God. 
God is looking for those whose hearts are totally his to be his leaders. And I pray that each one of us would grow in leading others to follow Jesus Christ. Now, in order to be a leader for God, we must follow God's ways to be saved, to become a child of God. There are not multiple ways to have a relationship with God. There's one way the Bible shows us is through faith in Jesus Christ. We need to admit that we've sinned. And sin is basically following our own plan for our life rather than God's. We need to believe that Jesus died on the cross that our sins might be forgiven. Ask him to forgive us and commit our lives to following him as our Lord and Savior. So we're going to pray right now. I'd ask everyone to bow their heads. And if you'd like to commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time this morning or to recommit your life to him, perhaps you've done it in the past and if you feel like you've wandered away from him, I'd encourage you to pray along with me in your minds as I pray. Say something like this, Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've been following my plan for my life rather than yours. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty for my sin that I might be forgiven. Come into my life. I believe you rose from the dead and I commit my life to following you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we're going to take communion as we do uh, once a month. So I'd like to ask the ushers to begin to prepare.